prime time Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau had a historic game for the Giants in their 20 to 12 win over the Commanders. And boy, was it a big one. Getting the Giants to 8 5 and 1 in the season and putting them in great position to now make the playoffs. We got a lot to react to on a primetime Sunday win, and we'll do it in crossover style like Allen Iverson. It's Jake Brown, Brandon London, Lauren Steins. It's Blue Rush meets Talking Giants. Two podcasts, one show. Bobby Skinner, Justin Pennick, the Talking Giants crew will join us. We got a fun episode of Blue Rush, and it's a Victory Monday edition of Blue Rush from the New York Post. And it's presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Thibodeau got there, got the ball out, scooped it and scored. Touchdown Giants, Kiva Thibodeau. Direct snap, Saquon Barkley. He'll take it to the left, and Barkley will score. Thibodeau out of the play. Heineke throws, incomplete. And the Giants have come on the road. Defeated the Commanders, take the advantage in the wild card race. Every team, they, they speak about this family. We're a family. We're a family. Come on, man. You know, everybody not a family, but we are. Ooh, welcome back to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Happy Victory Monday, everyone. This episode of Blue Rush is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Be iconic. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. Those highlights courtesy of NBC, you can't spell prime time without prime tips. It's going to be renamed in honor of Kayvon Thibodeau. It's Jake Brown here alongside BL, Brandon London, and he's on his way home. He won't be with us, Paul Schwartz. But, of course, the two-time Giants Super Bowl champion, Lawrence Tynes, for a little crossover edition. We bring over a couple of guys from the Talking Giants podcast. It's Bobby Skinner and Justin Pennick. Guys, welcome to a crossover show here. We're happy to have you, and especially after a victory over the Commanders. Yeah, when we when we heard that we were doing this, dude, I was like, I right, I really want to go on after a win, um, and not be talking about oh Kafka this and DJ this and the defense and Wink Martindale that got to win no matter how bad the talent on the roster is. So I'm glad to uh, come on and talk with you guys after a win. That is the voice of Bobby, by the way. Justin, welcome aboard. Bells, thanks for having us on. Uh, definitely excited to be here after a primetime win in man, a December divisional Sunday night football game on the back of a defense, a pass rush, a long 18 play, 98 yard, eight and a half minute drive. And, you know, man, you know, they're, you know, now according to the nerds, there's like a 90% chance we're going to the playoffs. You know, Lawrence, I feel like we're back watching these uh, 2007 Giants, uh, you know, kind of clinch a clinch a playoff spot here. So uh, happy to be here. Let's let's rock and roll and let's do it. Yeah, no, we we certainly appreciate you guys coming on. I think Collinsworth and Tariko are still campaigning for a PI. Holy cow, they would not let that go last night. The last ten minutes, I've never seen a a, a production spend ten minutes. Literally, I haven't watched a lot of football. I've never seen anybody campaign against a win for one team over a call in the end zone. But man, they played their tails off. They won their third game this year with under three hundred yards. It's nuts. 
don't know how they're doing it. Collinsworth and Tariq were doing their job as part of the media. That's the media. You got to create some sort of stir, get the people talking on a Monday. Justin, Bobby, thanks for you guys joining us. When uh, when they re- when when Jake Brown reached out in the group chat and was like, "We got the talking Giants guys coming on," I was like, "Giants players." When you see the big black van pull up on you, know it's not a law and order episode. You're not going to get kidnapped. You're going to get some great content. You guys do a great job. Bobby, you do a great job as well when you like, you'll break down every one of Daniel Jones' throws. You'll break down every one of Kayvon Thibodeau's uh, pass rushes and all. So you guys are a reason that you guys do a great job when it comes to the content. So we're ready. Blue Rush, Talking Giants, ready to make some fire content today as well, man. So thanks for joining the show. Yeah, a lot of Giants fans excited to see a little crossover action that you guys drop your shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three three a week times. We we don't have that in our system, but we got Mondays and Thursdays. And let's start with, you know, the, the flag is obviously big, but we got to start with Kayvon because he put together a historic performance. He talked about primetime likes him. It's not everyone likes primetime. Primetime likes him. He talked a big game. He lived up to a big game. He had the great, you heard in the montage, the quote about the family and everyone, you know, says they're a family, but this team is actually a family. Uh, We'll kick it off with you, Lawrence. Uh, 12 tackles, a sack, three tackles for loss, the forced fumble, fumble recovery, touchdown. He did everything the Giants needed, and that touchdown ended up being the difference in this one. Yeah, I tell you what, guys. I mean, I know he's not defensive rookie of the year but because he doesn't have a ton of numbers, but he has played outstanding football year and it's for me it's those those chase down plays right you saw him get beat on the on the zone read and then make the play backside I mean I think as a coach and, and teammate of his those are the things you can appreciate about Kayvon the sacks will come the numbers will come he's disruptive but you can tell he, he is built for prime time just go watch his post-game interview he is a walking quote he's fun to listen to he controls the narrative in the in the press conference which is rare if you watch Daniel Jones's press conference post game, his first one ever on primetime, he looked nervous. Like Daniel didn't know really how to act because he's never done it. But Kayvon Thibodeau is just going to keep ascending. Um, and as he goes, his team will go. So to start us off with that play early in the game, I mean, what do you, what more can you ask for? He's a great player. Yeah, I like the point about the chase down plays because that was a knock on him. Suppose you know, coming out of Oregon, it was like, oh, he you know he's not going to ch- you know chase a play from the backside, which I didn't really see when I watched him. And then like the sack that this the force fumble that's essentially the difference between winning and losing. But also that ty- stopping Taylor Heineke on that scramble late in the game at the goal line, like that's literally that's literally the difference of winning and losing. And at the time, you don't think much of it because you think they're going to pound it in and score. They get that penalty. Like that's the difference between winning and losing. Their run defense was horrible all game, unless it was Kayvon Thibodeau getting a tackle for a loss, you know, which he had three of. And then, like you mentioned, the chase down plays, like he was disruptive all night. And you mentioned prime time. That this was his best game. His second best game was the Cowboys Monday Night Football game, where he had like five QB hits and was just working Tyler Smith the entire game. Yeah, and something that I heard from Saquon Barkley after the game in his post game presser because it was one of those cool moments where you know if you win and you know somebody kind of you know walks up to your locker, you know, you get some interaction between between some players. And something that Saquon said is that, you know, what impressed him is that Kayvon actually like rallied some of the players, might have been most of the players like before the game. 
and kind of got these guys ready, ready to rock and roll um, divisional games, Sunday night football. So obviously Kayvon took over. We, you know, we saw why we took number five, number five overall. Um, and that was really, really awesome to see. And it was also, it's awesome to see as Giants fans, everybody else can see it too, not just us every once in a while too. Yeah. I mean, he just set his bar even higher in terms of his star power being here in New York. He was making plays throughout the season, causing holds. Yeah, he didn't have the numbers, but he has shown that he could be a star in New York. What he put on tape yesterday shows that he could be a legend in New York. And I'm not trying to crown him king already, but we just saw uh, that sample size of what he did in a prime time moment. That's Strahan ability right there. That's Olsi type star power type ability right there. And if you're going to talk in New York, you're going to have to be able to walk and back it up. And that's exactly what he did yesterday. We remember after the Lions game, we were trying to compare him to Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson had like two, three interceptions by that time. He picked Daniel Jones off. Well, he had one of those type games yesterday. And not only on the field, but just with his charisma and his personality, it all went together. This kid's going to be a star. It has potential, potentially could be a legend here in New York City if he keeps playing the way that he does. Yeah, I don't think it's too early to say that, Lawrence. I mean, he talk, he walked the walk. He talked the walk. He was tweeting about it. He said, I want to be like Mike after the game when Strahan tweeted about him, which I love. Great movie. He loves primetime. And if the Giants could have primetime games in the playoffs with this guy, and you start thinking about the players they might get back, Maybe they go on a special run here with him playing at his highest level. Real quick to follow up on that, Jake, is is the thing I think Kayvon's brought the most is an attitude, right? A, a swagger. Because if you think of Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, they're nice guys. They have zero swag. They have zero mouth off, zero. You know, that Jihad Ward, too, let's not underestimate him. I love that guy. I love him. I know he's not a premier player, but the way he plays football, him and Kayvon have brought something to this team that was actually missing on that defensive line. Because Aziz is a quiet guy, too. You got to have a loud mouth, and that's okay. Lawrence, Every I was talking with your guy Tollefson in the uh, in the after the draft, and he's like, well, "Who are like the dogs on this team who are like gonna like get this guys going?" And we, ba- I said Jihad Ward, but I was kind of like, "Well, he's not that good." And he's like, "You know, he's like, I need to talk to Wink because like Kayvon's kind of got to be that guy because like you said, there's there's no just like st- you know take your heart from you type players." on this team, and it seems like Kayvon's ascending towards that. And they compliment each other because Kayvon, yeah, he'll get it done. Kayvon's one of the dudes who's like, yo, off that man for me. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, the pretty boy got the mink coat on, but Jihad is the, I'm going to collect money. Yo, you owe, yo, you owe Kayvon, you owe the defense 100. I'm con- I'm here to collect. You know, he seems like that bully. And they compliment each other, and you're going to need that for this run. Justin, I see you shaking your head, my man. Yeah, I mean, and also, just in general, I, I got this feeling, you know, you-, you sit in Sunday Night Football, you have a lot of hours to think about a path to victory. You got a lot of hours for the nerves to kind of, you know, spew up in you. And... I just got this feeling that thinking back to the 07 Eagles game, I got this feeling thinking back to that 2010 Bears game where they had like nine sacks in the first half. And I'm like, we the pass rush needs to make a memory tonight. You know, maybe they're not going to put up double digit sacks like they did in those two games on Sunday Night Football, but the pass rush needs to make a memory tonight. And they, you know, the strength of this team right now, you know, Saquon's been on and off uh, towards the second half of the season, basically since the Texans game has kind of been off. You know, Daniel Jones, we know limited, you know, limitations with the old line and the wide receivers and things like that. But the strength of this team, especially with Adoree Jackson and Xavier McKinney out, it has been the emergence of this front four over the last few weeks and you're thinking to yourself 
path to victory for this Giants team has to be that pass rush has to show up, make some memories. They had three sacks, but each of those three sacks were huge and pivotal into the Giants' path to victory. If you don't three of those, two of those sacks, they basically forced turnovers for the Giants. So it was awesome to see the Giants' pass rush show up on you know Sunday football again. The, the defense is 100% predicated on the pass rush with Adore and McKinney out right now. Like when the teams hand the ball off versus the Giants, it's unreal success. Like their running backs had 110 yards on six and a half yards a pop. That wide receiver trio was averaging 17 yards per catch. They had 13 catches on 17 targets, 220 yards. I'm going through my notes. So it's it's basically like pass rush wins or busts for this defense right now. But they're just creating enough negative plays to get off the field and then create turnovers with the two fumbles. It's crazy. If you, if you went and looked at the game book, you have no idea how this team wins, obviously, outside of the two turnovers. But the run game, we talked about it on our pregame show, Brandon. They, they gave up, what, 160 last night, 159? I mean, that's about what they're averaging. It, it blows your mind. When I was playing, guys, that was an automatic L. You gave up 150, 160 yards, you lost the game. But they somehow are finding ways to win eight games while giving up 120, 130, 140 yards a game. It's wild. Let me ask you this, though. Maybe you guys understand it more. I cannot figure out, maybe outside a linebacker, why with our D-line, right, Dexter, Leonard, Tavon obviously showed up last night. Aziz is coming coming back to the fold. But with Dexter and Leonard, why are we so bad against the run? Linebacker's so bad, dude. Like, so Jalen Smith, to me, him playing, like, when he was playing not the Mike linebacker, like, he can make a play here and there. He's just getting bullied out there. And he shouldn't be in that role, so I kind of feel for him. But, like, he is getting bullied down in, down out. And then when they are in those like three D lineman sets, you'll have decks at the nose. They'll just run to the opposite side of Leonard Williams. And then you have like guys like Ryder Anderson, who's a good pass rush, like a solid rotational pass rusher. He's a UDFA from the rookie mini camp. Like he's get, he gets bullied down and they just kind of run at those. Like I've never seen a linebacker just kind of get bullied and be out of place like Jalen Smith. Like you guys think Landon will get some more burn later in the season. I mean, I, he was instinctive. He was reactionary last night. He didn't think, but again, again, he's undersized. You don't want him in there all the time, but yeah. And it's it, like McFadden can make some good plays here and there too. But from that spot, like I think if McFadden played again uh, next to like Blake Martinez, 2020 Blake Martinez, there'd be more appreciation for him. Kind of like there was more appreciation for take Crowder. Honestly, I think they should play take Crowder. Like, and I, I know that too. And, and that's not some like, oh, he's going to fix the defense. But I do think it'd be better than Jalen Smith. Still bad, but better than Jalen Smith at that spot. I, I think we. I, I, it's hard to say. I think we. It just is what it is at this point. That's just what the Giants' defense is. You know, you're not going to change anything significantly at this point. Their rush defense or their run defense is poor. Let's just be honest. You could put Landon there. You could put Jalen Smith there. You could put Tay Crowder there. They just we're, – we're talking to uh, O'Shane Zimenez, and he's talking about playing on the other side of the football. Rarely do we see tackles for loss when it comes to uh, uh, our rush defense coming from a linebacker, a linebacker shooting a gap, being right, making a tackle for a loss. It's all the ends that are crashing down, making plays on uh, on, on most of those run plays. So at this point, it is a, is what it is. And they're just going to have to find a way to be better. I don't think they're going to be great because when you get down to a second and four, you get down to the second and five, you take Wink Martindale, you take him out of the game because you can't you can't blitz those downs. You can't really blitz or be aggressive on second and threes. Now, second and eight and nine. Oh, absolutely. 
I can, I'm going to wink the mess out of you on Madden. I'm going to blitz the mess out of you in a second eight and plus. But they have, they have to find a way, whether who it is in that middle backer position, they have to find a way to be better so Wink can call the type of game that he wants to call. And that's why, like, having a predicate on the pass rush is actually working. Now, against the Eagles, blew him out. But I thought Wink was fine in that game. It's like there was nothing else they could have done. Wink could have done in that game. Maybe think here and there. Like you said, Brandon, getting them into those third and longs. Like, hey, like we may get we may suck against the run, but we're gonna create negative plays and we're gonna get off the field. Like sacks are drive that's why, you know, people talk about coverage versus pass rush. I think on a down in, down out basis, coverage is more uh more important. But pass rush ends drives. And that's why every year when it comes down to the conference championships and the Super Bowls and it goes back to you know, when you were kicking times, like pass rush ends drives versus great offenses. And that's what the Giants have done. Like, it's why the Bills went out and signed Von Miller, right? Yeah. They know they can't stop, obviously, Patrick Mahomes and some of these guys in the AFC. Yeah. And, and guys, you want to talk about the offense. Um, Saquon Barkley ran with authority on that final drive. Lawrence, you talked about him. He's maybe be, being hurt the last few weeks. He finally showed up when it mattered most. And God, did they need it? And they needed the the right leg of the Scotsman who came up with the big 50-yarder to seal the deal. Special teams was huge, and Jamie Gillen had a really nice game. You know, if we're going to pound on him when he sucks, Jamie Gillen had a nice game, and I'm telling you why you need a big, strong man to punt in that part of the country. Jamie Gillen's only 25. I'm not advocating to give him a five-year deal, but a one-year deal, guys, bringing some competition for him. He hits absolute tanks. That punt out of the end zone, then you've got the other Scotsman hitting field goals like he does. We can talk about the kickoff coverage. That's for shit. That cannot happen in that situation. It cannot happen in that situation. And I talked about this with some of the good special teams players playing a lot of defensive snaps. It's hurting our special teams or they're either not either on them or they're tired or they're gassed and they're covering kicks. And I'll have to look at that unit and see who's on it. But that can't happen in that situation. You know, Richie had a nice punt return earlier in the game. So it was a little bit of give and take on special teams, but you have to tip your cap to Graham Gano. Those two kicks he made, the drives to get down there were methodical and took time off the clock. The one thing I'll say about Saquon real quick, though, is, guys, I just have no idea how he can average 1.9 yards per carry in the first half. I just don't get that. I don't understand it. And he did a lot of his damage with Ben Bredesen in a guard, not Nick Gates. Nick Gates is a great story, guys. He's not a left guard. He's a center. No, he needs to play center. Like He is he's a center. He, that's, he's, he's a center. I, I picture Gates like like Kelsey. He, you can pull him. You can move him. He's athletic. But, man, when you put him at guard, it's just a different animal. They were doing all the damage with Bredesen in there. And I, and I think Bredesen's obviously going down the stretch is going to be a, you know, a big get back for us. No, they, they need to pull the plug on Felicia. I know that's their guy. They brought him in to be the center. And they didn't expect Gates to uh, – Gates didn't even expect to be back at this, you know, this year. We saw him play center versus the Cowboys. That's a good game. That's where – you see like his upper body strength where he's able to torque nose tackles and stuff and play with angles. Put him at center. Bredesen, Bredesen like pass blocking numbers are like are like top 10 efficiency for guards while Azudu and Galinsky are like bottom 10. It felt different for Daniel, even though we didn't take shots, but it, it just, you know, after the first, after that long drive, there was people in his face every snap. And I think, you know, we were getting beat on the right side. But Evan Neal settled down. He had a slow start, but he played better as the game went on. We were able to get some throws off. But it didn't seem like Daniel was under that much duress in the second half. So, I want to ask you guys, for, so going forward, so we had a, the sample size, two games against the Commanders, four first-rounders on that offensive line. After watching the first game, will we give up uh, four sacks? 
five sacks, four, four or five. Now watching this game, do you feel more confident in the Giants' offensive line, specifically the inside, the interior offensive line walking out of that game? Times you shook your head. No, I think it was just a different game plan, right? It was a completely different yeah. game plan where they were Very getting the ball out quicker. But I do like the off- offensive line much, much better with Bredesen in there. And I and I hate that Azudu is out because I thought we ran well with him and I thought he was a good young player. And I think Evan Neal just settled down a little bit. Evan Neal's going to struggle with speed, always. He's flat-footed. He, he doesn't move his feet well. He will get better, though. Guys, we were saying the same things about Andrew Thomas. Neal's got to gain confidence. He There's times where he's he plays without – and that happens with often, like Thomas's rookie year. Like Confidence is such a huge part of the game. Five-star, never been beat, went to Alabama. So There's times where the, the – Pass rushers are getting off the ball before Neil does. Like there's that's the things that that can just help him not have some of those disaster plays. Is like there's times where he's just slow off the ball. You know and that's stuff we saw in camp. Like I guess he's got to get down with the the snap count a little better. But you see you see good things. But when you just got to get him playing with some confidence because like you said, I mean he was picked seventh overall for a reason. Like he has all the ability in the world. He's not some. There's times where a guy could be picked top ten. It's like he's just kind of lazy you know to for giants as we reference flowers neil's not that guy from everything we hear it's like he's like hard hard working dedicated to his craft he's just kind of got to get through it that's why missing those games sucked so much not because we necessarily needed him at right tackle it was just losing that development when you but when you say uh he's getting he's laid off the ball on the snap count as from a receiver standpoint point from the uh pass game standpoint i'm looking at it like we should help him out we should go on two a little bit we should have some hard counts but as a kafka do they not trust the offense enough for that because let's say you had some nice little run. Now you're in a second and five. Someone jumps off side off of the hard count. Now we're back at a second and 10. So I'm wondering, yes, you see. So, so I'm wondering, I'm wondering like if the offense could help them out with the, with the count, the snap count, but at the same time, does he not have that confidence or does he, or are they worried that that can actually hinder the offense rather than help the offense in that sense. But that's pretty interesting that you brought that up. Well, guys, as we look ahead here to the Giants, 8-5-1 and one right now ahead of the Commanders. I mean, the nerds are saying it, Justin. You mentioned it. 90%, I guess, is the number. Is this a lock right now that Big Blue's going to the playoffs? Has to be. Woo. Win us one game and make us feel comfortable. That's it. That's it. The games is, yeah, the games is scary to me. I, I said this to my wife last night watching the game. I said – the Colts game scares the out of me. Yeah, because that's the game we got to win. <laughs> that's the game that scares you. <laughs> and it's also the one, the way this one. team is, could lay an egg. You know, it's like, uh, you just, I just hope they play Ryan in that game because I know Wink will have his way. Oh, my gosh. With, with yeah. Matt Ryan in that game where Ellinger, Ellinger, like Heineke, can, you know, move around a little bit. I, I, the Vikings game outside of the rest issue, right? It's a Saturday. I think we play Saturday, right? So it's, it's coming up quick. The Vikings had a lot of rest. They did play a lot of snaps in the overtime. I like this Giants team on the road. I, I don't know what it is they do on the road or, you know, it'll be kind of a premier national televised game again for Kayvon Thibodeau and those guys. So I think they'll rise up. There's nothing like going on the road. Like Tom used to say, when you're inconvenienced, right? Christmas Eve, who the hell wants to be playing on the road on Christmas Eve? And you kind of use that as fuel. You know, I like our defense against uh, Kirk Cousins. I certainly hope that Adoree Jackson is back to help out with Justin Jefferson. (laughs) That's my one ask. If you you got both of them back, man, what a shot in the arm that would be. Brandon, when is Xavier getting back? You're the guy who's in the building all the time. I have no clue when he's coming. Even Paul Paul Schwartz doesn't even know. He's yeah, man. It's they're being super. They're they're being tight lipped with it. I'm wondering if 
he he will be able to come back and just play with some sort of club. Put the damn club on. Put it put on. Put the club. Put the club on. It's like a, it's like a car. Put the club on. Are we being I mean? too like, aggressive? Put the goddamn club on. Excuse my language. Like like I mean, your fingers are broke. The pins are out. You don't. I mean, you're not going to hurt it anymore. You're not going to hurt it. I mean, that I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way, Ties. It's one of those moments where you kind of put yourself in this position. So you're going to have to go above and beyond the, the rehab schedule. You're going to have to come back a lot faster to get to get captured, to get back into the good graces of Giants fans. Obviously, they're going. we're still going to love Xavier McKinney regardless. But imagine if he comes back with a club, makes some plays down the stretch. And Justin, I'm glad you said Adoree Jackson could help against Justin Jefferson because coming back from that knee and asking him to follow Justin Jefferson around. But Tynes, I feel you. I'm not even thinking about the Colts right now. I think this Giants team, after this primetime win can go into Minnesota and go and beat the Vikings. I feel I feel as though that can happen. That win will count as two in terms of psyche, in terms of, in terms of mojo. And now you go into that Colts game like let's beat up on these guys. Yeah, then we home. can lose to the Colts after we beat the Vikings. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Just of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically winning in. I mean, they win one more. It's a lock. So whether it happens against the Vikings or the Colts, uh, Xavier McKinney, too. He said it's a matter of time when he gets back. Brandon, I guess you don't know. I mean, can they get him back next week? We're hoping we need. I mean, you need some help on that back end. We're talking about how I would rather I would rather pass rushers have a strong pass rush than than coverage than paying money for DBs and all. But it's another thing when it comes to football, they complement each other as a receiver. I could cook a DB, but if they've got hands in the face, I mean, going back to the Jaguars game. Trevor Lawrence couldn't get the ball. Trevor Lawrence was making inaccurate throws because he had pressure in his face. But if you got a guy like Kirk Cousins or even Matt Ryan, you got a guy that could sit back there and pat the ball like it's seven on seven. He's going to deliver strikes against uh, against coverage. So Adore needs to come back and Xavier McKinney to help out over the top. But it is what it is. And Nick McLeod, Jason Pinnock, those guys – You've been playing well, but now, like Jahal Ward said the other day, there's certain guys that are going to have to step up, whether it be rookies, undrafted guys. You're going to have to step up and play as not only a starter, but play as a star as well. I like Pinnock. I really do. I like his length. I like his speed. He had great coverage. That was just an unbelievable play that Dotson made last night. I mean, he's one-on-one with that guy, a safety one-on-one with that guy down the field, and he's still, you know, it's just a great play by him. But I like Pinnock. It's kind of a double-edged sword. Some A lot of these guys are getting a lot of reps. McLeod obviously should have made that pick and ended that game far sooner, save us all these heart attacks. But those young guys are competing, you know, and they're getting a lot of reps. And we talked about it on the pregame show, Brandon. These guys have no excuses. They've played a lot of football. They're not the day one starters, but they certainly have played a lot of football and and, and, and they've played okay. I mean, they have not really hurt us. You cannot say the secondary outside of the Philly game really got abused. So they've they've done their job. But to get Xavier McKinney and Adore back, guys, that would be crazy good. Adore is the most important player, like, on the defense. Like, not the best player, but he's the most important player on the defense. And we said it coming into the year. Like, he's the one player on defense. You lose him, and it it makes you look ble- – it, it, it makes it bleak, which is why it's crazier – even crazier that he was at punt return with his injury history. He misses games every year. Dumbest – it's the dumbest decision Brett Dable's made all season. Oh, yeah. He's, that's one where it's like after a game, if we lose, it's like the play calling. Everyone just kind of uses all these buzzwords. That's the one decision where every fan has the right to be like, no, we were right. You were wrong. Putting Doy back there was crazy. But the Seahawks um, got Tyler Lockett. He's a starter. He's their punt returner. 
Tyler Lockett. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he's yeah. not the most important player on the defense, and he does. I don't think he has the injury. Like Adore misses games every single year. And and also you got to think about it too. And, and Brandon, you you let me know if I'm wrong. The hits that you're taking as a wide receiver on a consistent basis it could compare to the hits that you take on special teams as a ball carrier. You're not taking those hits as a punt returner consistently like you're taking as a defensive back. So I also think those two things are kind of different too. I mean, I get it from the standpoint of these guys are football players. They got to go out and, you know, kind of, kind of do it sometimes, but just considering how important a Dory is. And I don't want to, you know, just totally maybe rehash this, but I mean, let me know if I'm wrong there. Cause that was also a thought that ran my, through my head too, about taking hits. Shoot, I, as a receiver, I'd rather get hit than kind of come up and deliver some of the blows sometimes. But I, I see what you said. Our body is conditioned for it. Tyler Lockett knows when to get down in terms of in, in terms of not taking a big hit on special teams. So I think I just chalked that up. I'm, I'm going to chalk it up as one of those things where it's like, all right, he thought he tried to find a way to be aggressive. It backfired. It backfired big. But now you're on Ronnie. You're in Ronnie James's ear. Like, hey. Can we have when can we get him back? We need him back because, you know, if you're Brian Dable, you're trying to save face when it comes to that and getting him back at the proper time. If he comes back, made some plays down this stretch, no one's going to even think about you know him getting hurt and all being back there, pump returning. But if you see him back there at any point in time, Giants fans going to let him know you're going to going to let him know. And so it's just one of those things. Where hey, Brandon, hope he comes back and makes plays. Yo. Make sure you get our leading receivers first name right. His name is Richie, not Ronnie. Okay. You called him Ronnie James. No, I said Ronnie Barnes. Oh, Ronnie I thought Barnes, you were called. I Ronnie thought you said Barnes, Ronnie James. Our <laughs> edge. Oh, I said Ronnie James. I said Ronnie James. I Rick I James. Oh, man. It's Ring of Honor. It's Ring of Honor member, Ronnie Barnes. Right? Dr. Ronnie Barnes. Excuse Dr. Me. Ronnie Dude, Barnes. Ronnie Barnes ran an absolute legend. I can't believe he's still there. He looks fantastic for. I, he does. I, don't, I don't even that's know the, how old that's, he is. The, that's the New York Giants uh, employee story. I can't believe he's still there until this year. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> that has been. Yeah, was Ronnie it the Barnes. goatee that saved the season? Now Brian Dayball looked. Yeah, like bad luck. Can we give him call that? that was he's got to. He's got to. You know the goatee. I like the goatee, but he's got to lose like fifty, and I'm not taking shots. But you got to lose like fifty to rock the goatee. Um, yeah, he looked like a Mr. Potato Head. But now that they won on primetime, he has to keep it until then. Well, yeah, he's not. He had to switch something up, right? The beard was. Uh, the goatee was not. Maybe it just needs a little more. Growth in it? I, I can't talk. I'm not a big facial hair guy. Yeah, maybe get it like, yeah, get it down to like here. And then it's like, all yeah. right, it's a real goatee. But he needs I'm I'm giving him props for rocking the hoodie. We had in New York, you had hoodie mellow. Now we got hoodie Dable. He kind of kept the goatee incognito last night because he had this yeah. Darth Vader look about him. I think he was uh, trying to cover it on purpose. Yeah, it looked clear. Yeah, it was, was it's not great. I'm sure his wife said, what the f- is that? Oh, oh, so you think the barber messed him up and he kept the hoodie on? Like, no, I, I, I don't know. I think he I does just, this. I think he does this every year because I, you know. He did it in Buffalo. Yeah, he did it in Buffalo. I think it's this time of year. He's superstitious, right? Don't you agree? Yeah, maybe maybe it's this time of year where maybe he did it one year and a team had success. Maybe he did it for Alabama in like 2017. They won a national championship, whatever. And then he just did it. He did it every year. Oh, we're going to have to go back and find our our kind. We'll have to find. We we can do this. The power of the internet. As a chubby bald guy, I got to have the beard because then it just, it doesn't look it. It shows a little more face fat. Um, when when you shave it all, you're you're a fetus, you're a newborn baby, you're the boss oh, baby. So you, you got to keep the hair. So, uh, but listen, if they win, let's let's just keep rocking it. Let's just do it every week. I'm in. All right, so we're all in agreement. Playoffs, lock, done, go, Lawrence. Oh uh, yeah, no question. Yep, just keep it simple.
Yes, I am very, very excited. We deserve this, by the way. Like, 100% we deserve this for the expectations that we had heading into heading into this year and also the adversity that this team has had to face this year anyway, offensively and defensively in certain spots. We deserve the playoffs, and we're going. Have to. Have to. It's a must at this point. This game was the, the get-you-in-the-playoffs game. You won it. Don't choke it now. And choke. Gotta go to the playoffs. Absolutely, because it will hurt even more. This offseason would really suck if they don't make it, especially with the expectations and how you got everybody all excited at the beginning of the year, only to fight back. You have to make it to the playoffs. And it starts by putting Kirk Cousins on his back on Saturday. On Christmas Eve, yeah, really in the holiday spirit on Christmas Eve, putting Kirk Cousins on his back. Well, we saw a shirtless locker room, Sterling Shepard, what a video. I can't stop watching. And, uh, you know, I can't say most of us might not know the song uh, that was playing on Isaiah Hodgins' Instagram story. I spotified it right after, typed it in, Take Over Your Trap, and it's called Take Over Your Trap by Bankroll Fresh. Lawrence, do you have any Bankroll Fresh in your uh, Spotify? Uh, no Bankroll Fresh at all. But, man, Sterling Shepard, real quick, I know we talk about him. How important is he to this team? I know he doesn't play. But if you watch the juice he keeps bringing, you see him on every sideline. He's always hyping the guys up. He's wearing those really cool T-shirts. I've never really met Sterling Shepard, but just from afar and what I know about him, I don't think you can underestimate what he's bringing to this team without playing. Just bring some juice, right? I mean, he's I love that guy. I just wish he could have stayed healthy. He carries an infectious energy. Like even before the game, during pregame warmups, he's walking by everybody, slapping hands. He's always bouncing around. That's just that type of energy because he'll be a coach. The- he's going to be a great coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. They respect him in the locker room and he knows the standard. You know, he knows what it means. He's the longest tenure giant. He knows what it means. He's, he's talked to all types of old, old school giants. He knows what it means when you put on blue and you put on that helmet. So he's kind of keeping that legacy going, but absolutely. He's, he's going to be giants coach and uh, receivers coach one day. I believe offensive coordinator with what he knows and the amount of football that this guy brings in uh, each year. Right. Was it was this the dance, the walk in your trap, take over your trap? He was doing one of these. Can he? And for and for those of you who don't need, know what uh, our viewers or listeners who don't know what walk in your trap and take over your trap. I'm coming in. I'm taking over your lunch money. I'm coming in your your neighborhood and I'm putting up my type of Christmas lights. This is my neighborhood. I'm paying the HOA fees now. We walked, they walked into FedEx Field and took over their trap, their stadium. We need all, all the Blue Rush listeners to with their families, you know, doing videos of taking over the trap. Yeah, I'm a, I'm about to I'm about to go to my bowling league and on the Wednesday. Talking Giants. Yeah, so make sure you guys do it there with some bowling balls and some pins. That's a that's a guarantee that Justin will have a video out of doing oh, that. Oh yeah, 100%. I will walk into my bowling league and I will do that dance 100%. All right. The, the TikTok challenge. Here it is. I got a, I got a starter jacket from Carl Banks's collection. Whoever we deem is the winner, I'm giving that up. I wore it once. I'm giving that up right there. Question is, did you have to pay for that starter jacket or did he compliment you? I pay, I pay for it. I pay for it at the Giants. Man, store. Carl Banks, so damn cheap. Just I'll no, put no, that no, out no, there. No, he no, is no, so no. cheap. I wanted, he won't I give wanted you anything. To. I huh? wanted to pay for it. I wanted to pay for it. I know I he doesn't to listen to our show, but he also thinks Jalen Smith's an all pro, by the way. That's propaganda against take. Absolutely. Anyways. Absolutely. Propaganda. <laughs> Jalen Smith was great. He looks lost at times. I know. No, you can I see mean, me, me and Lawrence have a way of making Brandon London uncomfortable when we start taking shots at people. Yeah. And I played there a long time. I give zero. <laughs> 
it's that's what i like about it. you is that yeah, you i don't like, care like that, that that is pure propaganda and carl banks is number one behind it he's not that good we gotta get him on the show we gotta get he and uh uh carl, Has carl and, been uh, on we've had carl on no carl and LT, uh, we like had Skip him on like Shannon. i think he was on year one when jimmy Fallon was the host i don't know if he's been on with you oh he hasn't been on with us Carl is a great way of gauging how the coaches feel about a player because you saw already seeing Carl being like Tony. You can't even rely on him. All of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, Tony's gone, and then Tony was gone. So, and then I mean, he did. By the way, what did he play? Five snaps yesterday again for the Chiefs. Like I saw him turn and like what a Joe Shane fleeced him. I'm just glad he was active. Good, good for good for Tony. We're 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 make we're we're moving up. I live, man. Chiefs trying to get off this block list. (laughs) Yeah. I oh, still you? love Tony. I I, I feel I for too. the guy because he's always hurt. Like if he was if he was healthy, he'd be a star player in the NFL. It's just he's always like he, like I know he has other issues and stuff, but I I feel bad for him because it's like with all of that distraction and stuff, he's still a great player if healthy. He's just the most unhealthy player I've ever. And it's not just big injuries. He just every, it's a little injury every other week. I feel bad for the guy. Young Joker couldn't write take over your trap though, like bankroll fresh. I don't know if Young Joker's got the. Uh, he did give us the media some clowns line though, which is iconic. Hey, when he said you want a dollar, that was so good. Oh, I would look when last year when the team sucked. The only thing I looked forward to was watching Andrew Thomas play, and then Friday Kadarius Tony press conferences. Hey, he he was funny, man. He hated the media, by the way. Well, the Giants walked over and took over the Commanders' trap. He was laughing at a Urban Dictionary. Are we all doing this? Is that what it is? Let's all do it. This this will be Mm. these. Mm. Take over your trap. Yeah, we look so ridiculous. We need that clip. That's got to go on social media. Yeah, that's a gif. That's a gif for Twitter right there. Andrew, Andrew, turn your camera on and join us, man. Yeah, let's get a let's get a six pack of uh of uh walkover. We he said no, I'm good. (laughs) Hearts does not want the internet shaming. It's it's hearts in bed with like a a tray table and coffee and eggs or something. I mean, what is he? (laughs) Well, I think it's the edit. It's a tougher edit with the different boxes. He's yeah, he's in bed with uh little waffles right now, enjoying the show. Well. Talking Giants, guys, talk about your show quick. We'll close out with this. Uh, Justin Penick, Bobby Skinner, follow him on Twitter. Talking Giants, John Boy Media. Tell us about your show and uh, why Blue Rush listeners should listen if they don't already. I'm sure they we, we try to be the Giants podcast for every fan, whether you're a homer or you hate the team. We try and just give you one fair analysis and just back up what we say, whether it's doing the film stuff on YouTube or social media. Like, we, we will – Tear the team down after a loss if they deserve it. On Wednesday, mailbags will uh, tell us what the film said, and then Friday we'll get you hyped up for the game. So we uh, we have fun doing it, and was glad to finally do a crossover with you guys. So we, we got to get you. We don't do interviews in season, so we got to get you guys on for the off season. Which you guys, it's been a long time coming. Be at the playoff time. game wherever it is, San Francisco, Tampa, wherever the hell we. Let's play do a trip. Here. Let's do a Blue Rush playoff trip. Mm. I'm gonna hit uh, Robbie Gold up for tickets if it's in. Fantastic. Well, what's the matchup right now? They would play San 49ers. Good luck. I give Wink's defense a, a swinging chance against Purdy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because he uh, hasn't seen. You know, these defensive coordinators are just now starting to gather information on this kid. And I, I get Kyle Shanahan's unbelievable, but. Playoff pressure, a little bit of that, and then maybe a, an Adoree, Xavier, full, fully loaded defense. I mean, that could be a problem. The only thing is that I've seen Kyle Shanahan throw the ball eight times in a playoff oh, game, yeah. and I could see him playing our defense and be like, we're just not going to throw the ball no matter what. Yeah, well, it's a lock. San Fran or Minnesota. You're either getting a rematch in Minnesota or you're going to San Fran. So Yeah, we want Minnesota. So you'd rather play Minnesota than uh, San Fran? Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's a one-hour flight for me. 
I think besides quarterback, San Fran's the best roster on the uh, in the NFC right now. Absolutely. What's the temperatures in San Fran in January? But listen, the most importantly is just get in, taste it, smell it, feel it, move on. No expectations, right? If they win one, great. If they don't, get in, taste it, smell it, feel it. Blue Rush 2022. I like that. Taste it, smell it, feel it. It's like the non-COVID uh, branding. Uh, taste it, smell it, feel it. And if you want to listen to it, Talking Giants at Talking Giants on Twitter at Bobby Skinner underscore at Justin Pennick, John Boy Media, three episodes a week. Guys, fun to do a crossover and uh, we'll take over your trap one day. Thanks for coming on. I don't know. Some came out of me, man. And I, uh, I, I went and called him up. I just felt the fire. I felt the, the passion to, you know, I'm a guy who, because I'm a rookie, because I'm young, because, you know, I'm new, I haven't, you know, stepped into that leader role. I've been, you know, hanging on to my vets and, and, and uh, being on their side along the way. So, I, you know, I just felt the moment to, you know, speak my truth. And when I did it, everybody felt me. And we just, you know, we went to start the game off hot. And that says cheerio to episode 132 of Blue Rush, our Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Andrew Harris for producing the show. And thanks to Tri-State Cadillac Dealers for presenting this episode. And thanks to Bobby and Justin doing a great job on the crossover show. Lawrence, happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish listeners out there. Monday is the second night, the first full day of Hanukkah. Light the menorah, light the jets on fire right at where you're at. It. Robert Sala ruining Christmas, ruining Hanukkah, ruining the holiday season. Lawrence, have you done your holiday shopping? Does your wife take care of it? What have you got your kids this season? I've done a wee bit of shopping this season. Uh, just the genetic tennis shoes and things like that. Clothes, 15-year-old boys, they don't really want shite, so you just buy them what you think they like. Be careful with the matches when you're lighting your candles, Jake. Alright, subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your bloody podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page to watch full episodes of this show. For Brandon London, Bobby Skinner, Justin Panic. Thanks, lads, for joining us. Jake Brown, I'm the Scotsman, Lawrence Steins. We return to your eardrums on Thursday to preview the Giants matchup in Minnesota with the Vikings. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush. Happy Hanukkah and happy holidays, folks.